Discussion keeps the world turning. This is Roundtable. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Roundtable, coming to you from Beijing. I'm He Young. Good to have you join us on today's show. We dive into the surprising price gap between our friendly neighborhood pharmacies and the digital world of online pharmacies, often leaving us bewildered at the checkout. Why does purchasing medicine from physical stores often cost more than buying it online? And why is it a bit surprising for folks? And we're all ears for your burning questions or epic stories. Grab your smartphone, record a voice memo, and let's make radio magic. Send your thoughts to ezfmroundtable@foxmail.com. You might just steal the spotlight in our next heart to heart. For today's program, I'm joined by Josh Cotterell and Ding Hong. First on today's show. Pharmacies have long been a staple in many neighborhoods, providing residents with over-the-counter medicine and access to health professionals for advice. However, the emergence of online pharmacy businesses has sparked concerns about the difference in pricing between traditional brick-and-mortar pharmacies and their virtual counterparts. Customers are increasingly noticing that purchasing medication from local pharmacies can be more expensive, especially when cheaper options are readily available online with just a few clicks. So we hear a loud complaint about online and offline drug pricing. So give us the details on it, please. Well, I guess we can first of all take a look at a particular example happening around us. A female customer bought some medicines at a local pharmacy here in Beijing, but later on realized it was almost three times more expensive than online prices.、Uh, this lady was looking for medicine to treat her normal cold, and then the staff at that pharmacy recommended a medicine priced at 168 yuan and another medicine for the sake of combined use, bringing the total cost to her to somewhere around 230 yuan. And soon afterwards, she decided to check those online prices regarding the same medicines. To her surprise, the 160 yuan medicine at the pharmacy was only whopping 59 yuan at an online medicine retail platform—a drastic difference of more than 100 yuan. So she returned to the pharmacy and requested a refund. So this incident is underscoring really a trend regarding some of these things that you mentioned earlier, He Yang.、Mm. Josh, does this come as a surprise to you? And what about the situation in your home country, let's say in the UK? You know, do folks get medicine and drugs online, and do they expect it to be a bit cheaper? Yeah, I think so. I, I think that traditional brick and mortar stores in general, we've spoken about this on the show, right? They've been struggling and. We have often found that sometimes the prices are lower, sometimes they are higher. It seems like they're struggling, and I think that a lot of traditional brick-and-mortar pharmacies in my own country, in the United Kingdom, definitely have higher operational costs these days.、Um, and they this includes things like rent、um, and also compliance with local regulations,、um, and also, of course, there's a lot of price competition. Online pharmacies have a lot. Lower what we call overheads, right? The overhead costs. They don't require physical storefronts, for example. They don't require as many staff,、um, and it allows them to bulk 
purchase. Online pharmacies often have the ability to purchase medications in larger quantities and store them, you know, in warehouses and things like this. Uh, it can be really cost saving. So similar things are going on in the UK, actually. And um, the reasons seem to be quite obvious um, that there, there are regulations in place, which I know we're going to discuss uh, in the United Kingdom. Um, and I know that they're they're in China. But yeah, these brick and mortar pharmacies are struggling to keep the prices down. Um, I mean, I guess that that's quite a sympathetic way of talking about it mm. on behalf of the pharmacies, right? It depends uh, who who's to blame here. I think the factors are quite complex and nuanced. But yeah, sure, uh, the situation is similar. Yes, I have a quick follow up question regarding what you just said. Um, Josh, yeah. in the UK, you know, there's the famous NHS, National Health Service. Mm. I'm just curious, like for an average patient to go into the hospital after the diagnosis, do they get the medicine from the hospital or do they need to go elsewhere into a separate and independent pharmacy to get the meds? Well, actually kind of both. So the NHS is so big that it also works with a lot of private brick and mortar pharmacy stores. So it's kind of both. And you'll go into a hospital in the United Kingdom and they may have a pharmacy in the hospital. So then it's pretty seamless. But and there might also be what we call surgeries or general practitioners, which isn't always where people go for serious surgical operations, but we call them surgeries. Uh, terminology is is often very confusing between British English and American English. But anyway, to answer your question, you can also go into a lot of, you know, private pharmacies as well, and they will be able to provide you if you have the prescription from your doctor from a NHS hospital, which is most of the hospitals in the UK, and you'll be able to go and pick up your medical prescription from these places. Uh, you can even go into some really popular stores like Boots. I don't know if you ever went to Boots when you were there, Yang, right? Yep. Probably you've heard of it, but to get my a really popular store. Yeah, yeah. So you can just get normal stuff in there right like shampoo and moisturizers and stuff but if you go to the back of the store they'll have a pharmacy there um, mm -hmm. and if you go upstairs they might have an opticians there so this is pretty common in the uk right and do you pay out of pocket to get your medicine let's say at the backroom pharmacy place in boots sometimes you do yes mm. uh, it depends on the medication uh, it depends um mm. it, it it really uh, it depends who you are um, prescription charges in England are quite complex. Um, it, you may be required to pay a standard prescription charge of each item um, unless you're exempt from it. Uh, this is set by the government and it's changing all the time. Certain people like uh, children, elderly individuals or people with certain medical conditions, which I don't have all the details of, I know that they can be exempt from the prescription charges. Um, and also in Scotland, Wales and Northern Ireland, they have slightly different healthcare policies. So it's quite a complicated uh, answer to your question. I'm sorry. But uh, yeah, some people are exempt from it. Um, but most people will have to pay something. Right. And what about here in China? Like, what's the standard practice of getting your meds from the hospital or from a private pharmacy? Yeah, I guess there is a line dividing two categories, right? One is the OTC, over-the-counter kind of medicine. For those medicines, you can basically purchase them at your pleasure without any restrictions. And for those 
uh, prescribed medicines. I think they are also available in those brick and mortar pharmacies. pharmacies but more often than not, you need to have a professional pharmacist to do the prescription. Right,、mm. and also another channel is, of course, the normal channel, namely,、uh, getting access to these medicines from official hospital channels. The thing is, when you're purchasing meds from the hospital, then there's a rather easy and seamless process of the price. The cost will be deducted from your insurance. And what's the pricing policy regarding pharmaceuticals here in China? We'll probably need to get into the weeds of it. Yeah, so there are, of course, in China there is a law called Drug Administration Law, and there are a few articles like Article eighty four and eighty five. All these articles have relevant regulations in this regard. Of course, I mean the wording of these articles are pretty. Um, a little abstract for normal listeners to fathom now, but the general idea after looking into it is that you know, according to some legal experts' interpretation, except for some particular you know, anesthetic and certain psychotropic drugs,、uh, that kind of、uh, very you know professional drugs which are subject to government pricing mechanism, I guess the prices of More regular kind of medicines are really regulated more often by the market forces. So, therefore, pharmacies do have a right to sort of, in a kind of independent manner, decide on the prices. That being said, you know, according to those laws and regulations, pricing should really be reasonable and. In accordance with the market supply and market demand, because really a slightly higher drug price at a pharmacy is normal, but it will really become unreasonable if it is significantly higher. And here, I guess we are talking about a problem regarding not only the pricing of the medicines, but also another concern on the part of many patients or consumers is that. Uh, those、um, professional pharmacists working at those pharmacies tend to recommend more expensive options or additional yet unnecessary medicines to consumers. For example, we can take a look at another example happening in the southern Chinese province of Hunan, in which、uh, a local customer recently went to a pharmacy to purchase a hormone-based medicine used in a number of Birth control methods. Before making the payment,、uh, the pharmacist suggested that to reduce the side effects of that particular medicine, it will be best to take this medicine along with vitamin C and vitamin B. So the customer ended up buying all of them, and she ended up paying more than two hundred yuan. But really, the single price of that very medicine that she initially really wanted is only twenty-one yuan. Oh, <laughs> that is really shocking. Yeah, it really is. But also, this is more of a personal observation. So you know, you gotta just take my word for it like that.、Um, I realize that I suspect a lot of these sales representatives, or let's just call them sales assistants, who work in the pharmacy, are hardly licensed pharmacists. Putting on a white coat don't make you automatically a pharmacist, and I'm sure there are some licensed ones, but others 
I'm sorry, just by the demeanor, by the way they talk about drugs, they don't sound like professionals who've been through years of training. And I think that points to possibly another issue here. That is, are we looking to set up a system or some kind of mechanism to have more of these um, professional and certified pharmacists in pharmacies. Yeah, you see this person in a white coat, and then they talk about recommendations of, well, this is, I'm talking about over-the-counter drugs, and you don't know better, and then you sort of just go with their recommendation until at the checkout counter, and you're like, what is that number? That, And especially nowadays, if you pull out your phone and check online, then you see the contrast, and no wonder people are unhappy or to say, you know, surprised. I myself actually rarely check the authority of these so-called professionals. Yeah. So actually, in this regard, He Yang, you have given me a very good reminder. Maybe we need to exert our own right as consumers as well. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, but also that just sounds a bit difficult because... I mean, if it's a serious matter, medication issue, then I suppose you go to the hospital and you get it sorted out there. And when you walk into a pharmacy here in China, I mean, time is money, people. <laughs> For me, I guess sometimes I'm just, I look at that person, just don't look like a professional. And therefore, you kind of just save the arguing, the uh, the talk, and, um, and try just to get the, maybe one of the things that... Um, irritated people this time was also just how vastly more expensive that the drug price seemed um, offline versus online. Because if it's a, let's say, reasonable amount of profit margin that is sort of acceptable in the layman's eye, then then sure, you know, you'll pay for accessibility and being able to talk to a person. But if it's like a few times more expensive than what you see the online prices, which you can just easily look up, then that does bug people, I guess. Yeah, um, I think that it's really difficult, actually, for the individual. I think that there needs to be more regulation here from, you know, higher authorities, because I guess on an individual level, you could check the pharmacy's accreditation and verify the pharmacist's license and ask about the credentials when you go in or something like this but that's a lot of work you know and um i don't think that the customer should have to do that i mean we do all need to take some on some degree of responsibility right mm. um just in our lives generally right we have to do that to survive but it seems to me that i mean pharmaceuticals and medicinal products are extremely complicated they're ever changing they're ever developing there's a multitude of very technical terminology and things like this that one has to navigate through and figure out i mean a lot of the time we don't even know what's wrong with us never mind what medicine we need to cure ourselves or or help ourselves so um i think that there needs to be a really clear and and strict regulation here to be honest because it's it just sounds too difficult for myself anyway yeah. Also, I've just been trying to figure out why are people so surprised that your meds are more expensive 
in person as opposed to online. And we're not that surprised. Whereas maybe when you're buying your new flat screen TV online and it's cheaper there as opposed to buying that TV offline in a brick and mortar store, then you kind of expect it to be a little bit more expensive, where actually in reality, you could be surprised that there are so many like promotional activities going on that uh, maybe buying in person isn't all that more expensive or whatnot. But when it comes to medication, what is it that make people feel on the one hand a bit surprised, on the other hand, a little bit of an unease of a feeling when you see this price gap online and offline. Yeah, I think uh, that's an area in which Josh alluded to a little bit early on. But I guess uh, one angle we can look at is really the operational cost of these brick and mortar um, pharmacies. Usually, you know, those physical pharmacies, they tend to choose locations in relatively busy urban districts or with a good people traffic in some local communities with busy traffic in order to attract more customers and buyers. So inevitably, this would mean higher costs of, say, housing rent and utility costs. And also, I guess they need to hire some pharmaceutical professionals to help with the operation, meaning there is a a pretty high labor cost as well. And by comparison, those online platforms operating in a kind of virtual space have lower costs, that's for sure, because uh, their cost in labor is lower for sure, because sometimes, according to the knowledge I have gained, a single person alone can sustain all the operational issues surrounding an online store. And also, I guess we can talk about, say, the fierce competition regarding those online stores because online platforms, they are really facing a very, very competitive market environment. So uh, the direct result is that there is a price war and as a result of offering on their parts very, very generous discounts to those online purchases. I guess that's something challenging for those brick and mortar pharmacies, especially if they want to follow suit without compromising their, say, quality or sustainability. Right. Let me try to make this a little bit more clearer. So the fact that online pharmacies are generally cheaper than brick and mortar pharmacies should not come as a surprise, given the well-established trend across various retail sectors where online platforms often offer lower prices than their physical counterparts. So why did customers find the price differences between online and brick and mortar pharmacies surprising this time? Yeah, well, I mean, I'm I'm not particularly surprised either. I guess that the surprise comes because e-commerce has developed so quickly that I think sometimes we, you know, haven't taken a minute just to even reckon with it properly. <laughs> um, and so I think that we're still sort of used to stores especially something like a pharmacy because pharmacies are different to a retail store or a supermarket right like it's Mm. it's more important it's more involved in the community it's a place where people go to get better i remember myself when i was a little kid going to the pharmacy with my grandmother for example and i knew in my mind oh this is the place that i go with my elderly relative because they're old and this is where they go to get better right and it's almost like integrated into family life or something like Mm. this i I come from a really small place so 
the pharmacy was uh, an important part of the community there this one one or two pharmacies in in the area where i lived right mm. so i think that sometimes it's maybe this is a reason why people are surprised because it almost feels like a betrayal of sorts um and that we should be able to better rely on these places but if you look at it and as we do we have to before we research these issues before we come on the show right you can see that it's just as commercialized and um has been just as affected by e-commerce as basically any other in industry and after COVID, maybe even more so. Mm. Well, certainly I agree that when we're talking about people's health, then of course this is a bigger issue than let's say getting a flat screen TV, right? People often expect healthcare costs, including medication prices, to be relatively uniform due to regulation and standard pricing. And this perception could lead to surprise when they discover significant price disparities in the pharmaceutical sector. And also, if it is quite a bit more expensive than you could sort of swallow, then people are going to complain about it. And there could be a problem there. And this leads to also how are pharmacies making money as well as how are these pharmacists are making money. And here we see sort of a difference in practice and how they're being paid in China and elsewhere. Yeah, so this, you know, of course, when we talk about operational costs, that's one issue on the surface. But really, I think uh, digging deeper into this issue, it's really pointing to some of the structural or developmental issues facing China's, say, pharmaceutical industry. Because according to some industry insiders uh, in China, due to this relatively delayed um, development of the pharmaceutical profession, pharmacists uh, don't usually make a living by charging their services fees. Uh, this is quite um, unlike the practice uh, in some countries where pharmacists charge fees like prescription dispensing fees or treatment fees. So I guess instead, these fees are usually covered by China's national health insurance or insurance company. So pharmacies are essentially just regular stores that rely on selling products. Mm. As we ponder the future of our pharmacy industry, it's crucial to ensure that healthcare professionals are adequately compensated for their training and skills. Equally important is establishing effective mechanisms to guarantee patient safety regarding medication advice. For the moment, one can always get our meds directly from hospitals rather than solely depending on advice from pharmacy sales staff. Notably, national policymakers are actively working on improvements. The proposed pharmacist law and efforts to integrate drugstores into the medical insurance reimbursement system are clear indicators of this commitment. These initiatives are not just about regulation, but about recognizing the important role of pharmacists and fostering the overall health of our medical system. 